0: Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. Achievable has an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to help you reach your target score. Get a free trial of our ACT course at achievable.me, and if you like it, you can use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout. And now, today with me on the line is Tom Leahy from Optimum Ed. And Tom, if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself, that would be great. Yes, hi, Tyler.
1: Uh, Thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, Again, my name is Tom Leahy. I'm the managing partner of Optima Ed. We are a higher education advisory firm located in the Richmond, Virginia area, but we do operate nationally. So we have students across the country that we help with their higher education goals. Um, And of course, part of that uh, is helping families be able to afford and pay for college and that is an important part of the planning process up front so we want to be able to uh, weave that into the college selection uh, search process when we're thinking about applying
0: right yeah and I think it's something like you said you you can't even count how many times you've had a phone call come in where someone's like you know Johnny got into Stanford and mm-hmm now I can't afford Stanford. And what do I do? Right. You got to have these conversations before people start applying exactly. to places it, it, because yeah. other, it's a lot easier to tell them no now than later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and if it's yeah and
1: for parents, you know, that's got to be an expectation that you manage with your child. Right. I mean, you need to have a family conversation about this is, this is where we are. Uh, this is what we can do financially and talk about it together and come up with a plan. And and oftentimes paying for college just doesn't come out of a 529 plan. You know, there's various things that come together to be able to afford college today. Um, But, you know, we talk about uh, paying for college um, and financial aid, money to assist students come from various sources. Um, Of course, the biggest source is the federal government. Uh, right. And uh, and their 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 program um, states have programs themselves. Each state is is different in terms of what programs they offer. Normally, their residents mm-hmm. uh, colleges and universities have uh, scholarship and grant programs as well. All unique to that school. And then, of course, there's outside private scholarships that. Um, one can uh, try to, you know, win um, as part of the overall process of um, gathering resources to pay for college. But we wanted to talk today about um, the free application for federal student aid.
0: mm mm-hmm. right. FAFSA, as it's Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: And this is, the, this is the form that drives the distribution of federal funds, okay? Every mm-hmm. college, every university... Uses the the FAFSA. Okay, um, there is another form called the CSS Profile that's administered through the College Board. A lot of private schools and some elite public schools use it to delve deeper into families' financial circumstances uh, because they're doling out uh, larger amounts of uh, collegiate money, and they want to make sure they're doing that appropriately so you need to one the first you know thing to remember is looking look at your school make sure you know what forms they're or the filings they're they're wanting you to submit so that you know the free application for student aid every school takes it and you should file that form whether you think you're going to have qualified for need based assistance or not because if you want to have options in terms of say taking you know, the stafford loan um that pro, that that certification happens through the the free application for federal student aid process. Uh, the school certifies right. that the student is enrolled at least half time, which is one of the qualifications. And so the government knows through the school system or through the schools that you are eligible to receive federal money. And that money is administered. Uh, by the schools, but anyway, so just plan on filing it, whether you think you're going to get any need-based assistance or not, then you at least have the option of leveraging uh, yourself with Uncle Sam's money, you know, through through student loan. Um, And of course, there's strategies involved with all that, but we're not going to get into the weeds with that at this point. Um,
0: Right, but it's important just to remember that, like, because the FAFSA is kind of the de facto standard, that means that Colleges will use it for their other financial aid decisions too, right? Is that correct?
1: Yes. If it like public schools, uh, most public schools don't require other other uh, forms uh, filing, so they will use it Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Uh, Now, when we talk, so they'll use it for your just for clarity, they'll use it for your merit based. No, they will not
1: because the the Free Application for Federal Student Aid is all about need based assistance. Merit merit assistance is is a separate. Uh, process most schools merit assistance is determined through the actual college application process. You're vetted for mm-hmm. merit scholarships as well as admittance to the school, um, and then there you file the, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid to determine whether there is need. Okay, so mm-hmm. before we get into um, you know how how things are kind of shifting here moving forward, um, mm-hmm. really understanding how how this works is that. Through this form that is filed, there's a formula that's used to determine what the family can um, afford for one year's cost of education for that student. It's called the expected family contribution. Each student has their own expected family contribution number. Um, If you know if you have more than one student going to college. So that that number that that uh, the formula says you can afford for one year's cost of education based upon income and assets of the parent and of the student. Um, mm-hmm. is compared to the cost of the school. So, for example, the school is $40,000 a year. The, mm-hmm. you know, the formula determines that the, the, the family can afford $20,000 a year. You've established $20,000 in need-based assistance, right? The difference between right. the family paying twenty dollars and the cost of the school, uh, you school know, being forty. dollars If you're accepted to that institution, they have to address that deficit with need-based assistance, Okay. That's kind of how it works at a high level. There's other things involved as well, but just to keep it simple, that's kind of that's the concept, right? So once mm-hmm. that once it's determined what the family is supposed to pay, what changes is not what the family pays, but the amount of need established based on the cost of the school, right? Mm-hmm. So at that forty thousand dollars school, you're you have twenty thousand in need based qualification, but at a twenty five thousand dollars school, you've only Created five thousand in need based eligibility, right? Right. Okay. And that makes sense. Okay. So that's kind of how. There's other things as I said are involved, but that at a high level, that's how how it works and, and what you need to keep in mind. All right. Okay. Yeah. So there's a formula, right? There's there's mm-hmm. that that are used uh, in determining what that 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 uh, number is, um, and what's happening. Um, for the 2023-2024 uh, year, which is going to be this next fall, right? Mm-hmm. When, when seniors, this next fall, high school seniors, this next fall file the free application for federal student aid, the rules are going to change. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and this was uh, all coming out of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. Um, mm-hmm. And it's supposed to simplify what is, uh, looked at as a, uh, a too complex, uh, a, a system. So, right. um, you know, it is very, you know, so they, what they've done is on the, on the high end, they've, they've, uh, reduced the number of questions, um, mm-hmm. on the, the FAFSA to, um, from like a hundred to like 36, I think it is. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That is a big reduction. Right. Yeah. So, um, but they're also changing some, Um, some of the rules inside of the formula as well. And there's two significant changes um, that, uh, you know, relating to the number of children that are in college at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, One increases eligibility while the other one decreases it. So let's talk about the one that increases eligibility. So there is this um, income protection allowance that is built into uh, the formula, which protects a certain amount of of, of income based on a number of students in the family, but right now the the more students, the 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 um, the less pre- uh, money is protected because they, you know, they see you spending that money on three children rather than one child. So that's what's right. going to happen is that's going to be reduced. So you'll basically uh, have more money. Protected.
0: So, what what does it mean when money is protected? In other words, it's does not mean, it's not it's it's yeah. not
1: cal, it's not uh, it's not hit in the formula. Okay. In other words, it's got it. So, when you're
0: yep. calculating your need based aid, there's a certain amount of money that's kind of like taken off taken off the table. the table, right? Yeah. Right. You get an, okay. an
1: allowance. You get an yeah. So it's a and, and there's there's other other allowances as well that that are uh, included in the calculation of. Which have not been affected. I'm just, you know, want to touch on the high points of what's change, coming, yeah. right? So that's a positive, right? So mm-hmm. if you have more than one child, there, there, you know, uh, that allowance is going to uh, to be affected in a in a positive way. Uh,
0: and is it more than one child that's currently actively attending college, or is it just more than one actively. child at all? Well, no, 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 no,
1: okay. no. The number in the household. Got it. Okay, don't, they don't have yeah. to. Yeah, they don't have to be in college. Yeah. Now, when we talk about having multiple kids in college, that's the other thing mm. that's changing. Okay. So right now the rules are that if you have uh, two two students in college at the same time, um, you know, obviously, as I said before, they're each going to have their expected family contribution number, but the way it's, it's calculated is it takes it takes uh, into account that you have a second child and say all things being equal, that expect family contribution number would be divided in half. Okay. Say, right. So instead of, you know, you paying 20,000 in our example for, uh, for one child and 20,000 for another child, you would be paying 10 for each.
0: Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. But guess what? That's going away.
1: Mm. So, Basically, under the new rules, you're going to be paying twenty for each. Boy,
0: but but then you know, get, but given it's what, offset you, by the protected income, right?
1: Exactly. Value. Yeah, yeah, and offset in some way about with the the other changes in allowances and things. So it's yet to be seen how this is going to happen, but that it is pretty much assured that middle and upper income families are are going to feel the effect of this uh, mm-hmm. financially. Uh, because the, the, the positive changes are not going to offset the negative when it comes to having multiple kids in
0: college. Um, right. So And, and do, you, do you feel like there will be a benefit for lower-income families? Yes, there will for be. For this change? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's just something to keep in mind because it changes, uh, changes how you look at things, you know, because – Say you have a there's a year difference between your two students, you know it would have made sense under the current rules to have, you know that first child take a gap year before they enter college so you have them both in at the same time, right? Because there is a benefit right now, right? For yeah. you know for that uh, that circumstance that no longer is going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Now I understand what I understand is that private schools are going to have the option. To, because this, this is a, all federal rules, right? Mm-hmm. So the private schools are going to have an op, the option of applying this new rule or not. Mm. So um, you can kind of understand why we're f- foreseeing people kind of shifting their their focus to you know private schools, especially those that, that are still applying the old rules if you have multiple kids.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me, and if that is the the school... Like, basically, the, the two questions I have is, like, number one, obviously the school is not going to be requiring that both children go to the same college, because it's right. no. very unlikely. No, no. Um, but then part two is, so why would the school offer this? Well, why would the school, like, opt to follow the old rules that are beneficial for well, the same this reason, the
1: same reason, private schools uh, tuition discount and um, help help families financially to compete mm-hmm. with the cost at public schools, right? Because if you look at uh-huh. if you if you look at financial aid offers from uh, private schools, at least the ones I've seen, um, oftentimes by the time they they uh, finish offering, you know, grant scholarships, whatever, the, the cost of that private school has been, wheel, you know, has been brought down somewhere close to what it costs to go to a public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think in the same way, you know, private schools are going to want to uh, compete. And this is an easy way to do that. Especially your smaller, yeah. especially your smaller private schools that are you know looking for good students to come to their campus. So this is going to maybe give them a a leg up in recruiting. I don't know. We'll that's, we'll see. But uh, uh,
0: the other, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you have like an older sibling or something, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. That's already right. in college. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the oldest, you probably kind of don't care, right? But like, I think if you're the, if you're a middle child or younger child and your, your brother's already in college or whatever, and you're going to save your parents 10 grand a year, I think they're going to push you for that. Yes.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and again, it just, you know, they every, every family's financial situation is different. Um, and it's just going to take, it's, it's just going to kind of change how we think about and plan for um, pain, you know, and, it, and it's just going to really uh, behoove uh families to you know look at the numbers and and do some number crunching and maybe even call uh you know their financial advisor in um uh, whoever to try to help them through the process of figuring out um how best to to handle it
0: right so then um on these faster changes what is the timeline for them like when when do they go into effect
1: yeah, it'll be the starting with the 2023 20, 2024 filing, which is going to be this next fall.
0: Okay, great. And then that I assume that's going to also include it's, it's going to be like it's not just going to be like oh, like freshmen are the only ones affected that year and then freshmen, sophomores the following year. It's really, going to be like everybody, everyone, at the, everyone every, switches over. Every, yeah.
1: And if you're in college because every year you have to file a free application for federal student aid, right? Mm-hmm. Every year. Well, you're, there's no yeah. there's no grandfather clause here, okay. Right. So right. if you know if you're in if you're in college now, your financial aid is going to look different, you know, at, with, with the changes because you're not going to be allowed to follow the old rules. You're going to be uh, looking at the new rules as well,
0: right? Obligated to follow right. the yeah. rules too.
1: Yeah, there's some you know some there's some uh, you know uh, tight you know name changes. Uh, for example, the expected family contribution. Uh, term is is going away is going away and they're going to call it student aid index because they think it's less uh, confusing you know uh, student aid mm-hmm. index that's going to be the new term for this this magic number that um, determines you know how much the family is uh, supposed to pay the other thing I want to talk about too is that what's changing is um, you know in a, in a divorce or separated circumstance um, you know who's uh, whose parents numbers are you know uh, required to be filed right um, so currently it's it's all based on domicile okay so it's the parent who the student lived with for the majority of the previous 12 months prior to filing the form okay right. it's not has nothing to do with who claimed the, the student on taxes or who you know or anything else it's based on domicile well that's changing now it's going to be financially driven in terms of what parent um, its numbers are going to be filed so what they're do- what they're they're doing is they're going after the parent that has the biggest money the, the most money or provides the most assistance to that
0: child right I mean that's a tricky one because what if you know the parent let's say you know husband and wife get divorced the husband ends up you know, making a bunch of money in the following 15 years or whatever. And then he, but he never talks to the kid and never wants to pay for the, the, anything the kid does. Well, like, how do you, yeah. How do you reconcile? Well, that? there,
1: there is, you know, I mean, we can talk about, uh, dependence versus independence when it comes to filing, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're considered a independent student, only the students financial numbers are, file if you're dependent then it's the student and the parents numbers okay so we're talking about a dependent Mm -hmm. circumstance here right
0: oh so it's who's defiling this the child as a dependent on their taxes well
1: uh, yeah uh, well i'm not gonna No, it's who provided the most financial uh support but in most cases it's Mm -hmm. going to be that person who claims them on their taxes as well right i mean that's just normally how it works um but the you know so yeah um so that that's you know, going to going to shift um, some thinking in terms of you know um, this whole thing because there's parent you know now you know understanding how that works um, you know it's ma- it makes a lot of sense for the child to be considered domiciled with the parent who makes less money.
0: Well, right. I mean, you can easily <laughs> set that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So they, they're taking that
1: that taking that off the table. So.
0: Right. Um, and I mean, it makes sense. Like that was a little loophole-y too, right? I just hope that in a reverse situation, yeah, the edge cases. Yeah
1: I, haven't, yeah, I haven't seen it. But, you know, there was a, a couple of years ago, there was a, a big thing going on up in the Chicago area where, where families were giving over um, guardianship of their child to a relative. And one of the things that, and when we're talking about what makes you independent, one of them is being in guardianship. So there would only be the students' numbers being considered because there are very specific rules when it comes to being independent. This is another thing that, that is important for people to understand, that it, you just can't, the student just can't say, I'm independent because dad doesn't want to pay for college, right, that you were alluding to um, previously. So it's like you have to be 24 the year that you file. You have to be uh, a veteran of, of the military. You have to be a, a, you know, a professional uh, a student or you know in a doctoral program uh, medical school that sort of thing you've got to be married or have other dependents um, you're considered homeless there's there's a list of things that make you independent none of those have anything to do with mom and dad not wanting to pay for college
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay so in that case you know the, so the numbers have to be filed um, the, the, so the parent has to agree if not, there is a, there is a process to you know ask for relief from that but it mm-hmm. you know that's that's a hard road to hoe. so and it, and it doesn't mean just because the parents putting their their numbers on that form that they're going to have to pay anything but what they're doing is they're helping that student be able to uh be eligible for say you know government loans
0: mm-hmm. okay so then those are the two biggest FAFSA changes. The, the, those are the change. those are the changes that
1: are coming. Yeah, and how it's all going to uh, pan out, we're we're not sure yet. I'm, I'm interested in seeing next fall how some of the the calculations turn out as we start helping families uh, file. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be mm-hmm. should be interesting.
0: Great. Okay, and just to, and just like to wrap up the call and kind of summarize everything because we talked talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, here. we did. So the first FAFSA formula change that's coming is for parents with multiple children that are in college. There's going to be two changes there. And then the second big change incoming is for divorced or separated right. parents. It's going to be based yeah. on the higher income, not the Well, the the, the higher amount of
1: support, them. financial support. Right. Not domicile. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those are the the two uh, changes I think are going to uh, significantly impact families at this point that I see.
0: Great. Well, this is a really important and informative episode. So thank you for sharing that with us yep. today. All right, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm. This has been Shift College Admissions Podcast for a changing world, and <laughs> fast the changes <laughs> definitely qualify. <laughs> um, it's hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Tom from Optimum Ed. Achievable has a great ACT course that you can try for free by visiting achievable.me. And don't forget to use the code podcast if you like it to get 10% off at checkout.